Welcome to the Real Biblical Application Podcast. This is something a little bit new that I'm trying out just to see if people like it or not. Uh, This is just going to be a short 10, maybe 15 minute video. And if it goes well, then I may make more of these. But today I thought I would talk about Matthew 5, 13 through 16. I I recently gave a sermon over these verses. I've been going through the Sermon on the Mount with my uh, congregation that I'm working with here in Houston, Texas. And these verses are very challenging to us as much of the um, Sermon on the Mount is. It challenges us to look inward at ourselves. And so I want to take these words and present them to you And hopefully it causes you to look inward on yourself and maybe uh, you can make some changes in your life to be a better representation of what Christ wants you to be. The first thing we need to recognize when we look at the Sermon on the Mount is that this is written to a Jewish audience. Now, that doesn't really come into play here in these verses, but as you read these verses, these words were spoken to a Jewish audience. And so take that into account as you look at the Sermon on the Mount. Also, we also want to understand how the New Testament teaches us. You know, when we look at the Old Testament and books like Leviticus, there's many laws that are laid out. The Israelite people were to abide by certain laws. And certainly the New Testament does give us laws that we are to keep, but sometimes they're not specific. For instance, uh, Jesus said, love your neighbor. Well, that's not specifically telling you what you must do to love your neighbor. It's more of a general command that we are to love one another and those that we come into contact with. uh, Love should be an an expression of a Christian as they encounter people in their life. And so when we look at the New Testament verses like this, Matthew 5, 13 through 16 that we're going to be looking at today, it doesn't tell us exactly what we need to do the way the Old Testament does, but instead it speaks more generally, in this case metaphorically, and we have to figure out how we can best accomplish what these verses are laying out for us. So without further ado, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And then in verse 14, he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, you are the salt of the earth. So so this means that we should have a global impact. And what is salt? Why is Jesus saying that we need to be salt specifically? And it's because salt is a... uh, a mineral, I guess you would say. I guess salt is a mineral. I'd have to study that. I'm not a geologist or anything. Uh, but it has an impact on anything that it encounters. So if you have a, a nice steak and you put 
some salt on it, it changes the flavor of that steak. And, and this time, they would also use it as a preservative. And so if they needed to keep uh, some meat longer, they would put salt on it and try to dry it out and draw the moisture out of that meat. And that way, bacteria doesn't begin to grow on it. They would use salt for all sorts of things in this time frame. And so salt, whenever salt is mentioned, it's looked at as a positive thing and something that changes whatever it encounters. I want you to keep that in mind because Jesus is saying that we are salt. We are the salt of the earth. We are the changing agent in this world. He also says that you are the light of the world. And light also is something similar to salt in the fact that it changes whatever it encounters. You never see a a light bulb be uh, snuffed out by darkness. The light is always going to outshine the darkness and uh, the darkness will flee from the light and it will be driven away by this light. And it's the same way for Christians in the world that we live. Our impact, our presence in our communities in which we live should drive away darkness. It should have a positive impact. It should change the society or community in which we live, whether that be at work or at school or at a family function or get together, whatever it may be, we should have a positive impact on that situation. The thing that Christians really struggle with is they, they kind of hide their faith at times. And the only reason I can say this with any certainty is because I have been guilty of that before. I've hidden my faith from other people. Uh, I'm afraid to draw attention to myself at times in life instead of being the salt and light that I should be. Uh, the idea is we all have a tendency to not want to draw attention to ourselves. And this is a real temptation for us. We're, we're Christians and we want to try to blend into society as best we can. But the thing is, is that God has not called us to blend in to our societies, the society in which we live. He's called us to be a light or a beacon to the society in which we live, or to be a salt or a changing agent in the uh, communities in which we live. This is what we've called to be. And the fear is that we might get called weird, or maybe someone will call us, you know, stupid or something. I don't know. Uh, we might have someone call us names because of our faith and just realize that Jesus said to his disciples that if the world hates you, just know that it hated me f first. In other words, I've been through all this. I know the type of reactions that you are going to get in this world because I had similar reactions whenever I was here on this earth. And so we shouldn't be afraid, especially when it comes to spreading the gospel. You know, th there can be a fear in spreading the gospel. I, I completely and wholly understand that. But the only way we get past that fear is by having a ridiculous love for others. Love for others 
will get rid of the fear that is in our life. Because if you saw a child inside a car that was on fire, that's a frightful situation. You're scared of that fire that's engulfing that car. And so what do you do? Well, you probably dive headfirst into that car and pull that child out if you have that option. You would find a way to try to rescue that child despite the terrifying situation. Why is that? Why would we go to such lengths? It's because we love that child. We have a love for humanity. We have a love for each other. And the only way to get past these frightful situations in our life, or maybe we're scared to talk to someone about the gospel, is to have an immense love for one another and an immense love for someone's soul. We can get so focused on just trying to save ourselves. And as long as we're good, we we think everything is hunky-dory. But what Christ is challenging us to do here is not just to keep our faith our own, but actually extend it to others and try to bring others in to our faith as well. And the idea is that that's reciprocated with them in their life. Paul told Timothy, the things that you have learned from me entrust to faithful men who will teach others also. And this is the pattern. We take our faith and we entrust it to others and we teach them what it means to be a Christian. And then they reciprocate that and they they multiply that throughout their life. And before you know it, your impact that you have had on others is multiplying in a tidal wave. And this is the pattern that Christ wants. This is how we have a global impact, as Christ says here. You are the salt of the earth, not the salt of you know just one area and we're all supposed to just live in this commune. But we are supposed to impact the entire world. He, he then says that you are the light of the world. And we've kind of talked a little bit about that. And he, he says that we should take our light and put it on a lampstand. In other words, our light should be broadcasted to others. Again, not hidden. No part of this you can say that Jesus is telling you to just keep your faith to yourself or to try to blend in society into society unnoticed. He's saying we should be noticed. Light in a dark room is noticed. It should be. And that's what we should be as Christians. He said, you don't take a lamp and you put a basket over it, but that's something that we can do in our life. So let me go back. I kind of missed an important part here. He says this about salt. He says, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. I just want to point out real quick that salt cannot lose its saltiness. Salt will always be salt and it will always be salty. But what can happen is salt can be uh, diluted with other impurities. In a similar way, Christians, if we're not living the Christian life that we ought to live, our life becomes diluted with unrighteous behavior, and we're not the salt that we need to be 
in our communities. And it's the same with uh, putting a basket over a light. If we're adding unrighteousness to our light, then we are not being the beacon of light that we need to be in our communities. We're hiding our light with unrighteousness and sinful behaviors. Jesus said, I want your light to shine before men that they may see your good works. So people are taking notice of us, right? People are going to see us doing these good things, but it's not us who get the glory and say, look how righteous I am. Instead, what happens is, and our attitude should be not to draw attention to ourselves to where we get the glory, but that God gets the glory. He says, they see your good works and they glorify your father in heaven. So God gets the glory for your righteous actions in your life and being this light and this salt in your community that you need to be. I hope this was a helpful look at these verses, and I hope it If anything, it just causes you to examine your life and look at ways that you can better be salt in the community in which you live and that you can be a better light to your community and that you have this love for others that will drive out all fear and cause you to spread the gospel to others. Thanks again for taking time out of your day to listen to the Real Biblical Application Podcast. If you have any questions about the discussion that was had today, please email me at realbiblicalapplication at gmail.com. And remember, keep on learning and finding ways to apply the Word of God to your life.